This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. More cities are creating and seeing the benefits of new green infrastructure, like parks and landscaping, focusing on native plants. But do you know how it can benefit your neighborhood or what you can do to get involved? Molly Meyer is the founder and CEO of Omni Ecosystems, a Chicago-based company focused on integrating science and design to create resilient green spaces in cities across the country. She also spoke at the Leading for Good conference that's wrapping up today at Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Molly, welcome to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. Also with us is Reset sustainability contributor Karen Weigert. She's the director of the Baumart Center. Hi, Karen. Hey, Sasha. Great to talk to you. Karen, what is green infrastructure for those of us who might not know? Green infrastructure is basically natural solutions to make our cities more livable. So it's things like plants or soils or permeable pavers and design. But they're doing work for us. They're providing a service. And that service is often capturing stormwater or providing cooling. So it might look like something that just blends right in, but it's at work for you. I see. Can you give more examples? Absolutely. So if you take those plantings, it might be native plantings, um, it might be trees, and they come together in larger installations. So it might be a rain garden, which is actually designed in a yard to capture that stormwater, but might simply look like native plants. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be a bioswale, which might just look like an indent, but it's really capturing water. Or it could be that green roof that you see on top of a building where it used to be a hard, dark surface, and now it's green. I see. Molly, how does having more green spaces actually benefit a community? Oh, yeah, it's incredibly important. Um, In addition to just making people feel better, because we know that landscape and plants can do that, and managing stormwater, reducing urban heat island effect, and some of these things that are a little harder to touch and feel, it actually has a huge impact on property value. There was a U.S. Forest Service study in the last um, five to ten years that said property uh, home values with a mature tree canopy had 10% higher value than neighborhoods without a mature tree canopy. So this is an equity issue, and this is a community wealth issue as well. Karen, what's the heat island effect, and what causes it? Yeah, the urban heat island effect is essentially that cities often experience hotter temperatures than areas that are much farther out. And it's really about what we've done to this area. It's the structures. And so we might have dark buildings or paved services instead of trees or grass. And so those areas actually absorb that heat during the day and they actually retain the heat into the evening so it doesn't cool off as much at night. So you end up with degree differences that can be multiple degrees mm-hmm. in a city hotter than in an outlying area. And Molly, your company is uh, doing some work to help create more green infrastructure. Can you tell us about that? Yes, so we implement green roofs as well as on-grade green infrastructure like bioswales and rain gardens that Karen mentioned earlier. And so we're doing this in Chicago as well as across the country. Um, McDonald's Corporation, they're green, they put um, expen- extensive green roofs across their new headquarters in the West Loop, mm-hmm. um, as well as working with universities and hospitals um, in addition to these commercial office buildings uh, throughout the country. So you're doing these these larger projects then uh, for McDonald's and and so forth. But how small can these projects get, Molly? Like, and I wonder if you face different challenges with the smaller ones over the larger ones. 
Yes, the smaller ones, uh, we can go very, very small. In fact, it's a, it's a fun contest in our office to see who can do the smallest project. Um, we now have one that's, I think, 42 square feet, which oh, is wow. the smallest we've done. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, the challenges are that you still have the overhead or the expense of sort of setting up and thinking through um, the, the problems or the challenges that may come with every project. So for a green roof, for example, that's structural engineering. You need to make sure the the structure can support the load of soil and plants that goes on on the system. Um, but you know, there's still a lot that people can do with um, with limit with on smaller scales. Mm-hmm. Just simply planting a tree. You know, there's a proverb that uh, or an old saying that says, "You know, when's the best day to plant a tree? Twenty years ago. When's the second best day? Today." Mm, um, so like putting that. even a small tree in um, can do a lot. Can you talk about uh, limitations or, or challenges, Molly, of incorporating more green infrastructure into the already built infrastructure here in Chicago and Illinois? Sure. Um, I think mostly it's about mindset um, and sort of the ways of doing things. For example, um, it took a few years, but Chicago has now allowed, the Chicago Department of Buildings now allows advanced or innovative soils to be considered a best management practice, meaning that uh, civil engineers can now utilize uh, soils that manage um, large quantities of water within their pore spaces as a stormwater um, best management practice. So in lieu of gray infrastructure, would be like, which would be like vaults or cisterns that are underground. So this is really important because as more civil engineers become aware of the ability to use this um, this technology mm-hmm. um, in traditional applications, there can actually be lower cost implementation of green infrastructure because um, it can actually be more cost effective to utilize some of these um, these new technologies and techniques. But it's really about getting that information out to engineers um, and professionals who are thinking about this on a day-to-day basis. Karen, where else might we see some uh, examples of of green infrastructure on public property in Chicago? Uh, One of the sources I'm thinking of is uh, one of the hotels here uh, on Navy Pier. It's got a green roof and, you know, to our dismay, it's kind of caused a seagull problem as well. Well, Lots of lots of critters and people like the green roof. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting when you think about you know where do you see a green roof? And actually, Millennium Park is a green roof, so that's one that people don't think about, but it's actually constructed. And one that people don't see is City Hall. But you know, when we're thinking about green roofs, but really when we're thinking about access to equitable infrastructure and ensuring that all parts of Chicago have these greener spaces. One interesting opportunity has been Chicago Public Schools. They have something like 760 acres of impermeable surfaces, but increasingly schools are being redone with green infrastructure that is really right there at the street level that everyone can see and participate in. So examples like Melody Stem Elementary in West Garfield Park or Wentworth Elementary in West Englewood. So we're seeing examples throughout Chicago. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking to... Reset Sustainability contributor Karen Weigert and Molly Meyer, founder and CEO of Omni Ecosystem, about creating green infrastructure in our own neighborhoods. Molly, do you run into challenges trying to convince commercial or industrial developers to 
use some of that green infrastructure that you've worked on? Yes, uh, traditionally the real estate architecture uh, engineering construction industries are very risk averse. Um, and so new technologies aren't, uh, or new approaches aren't often welcomed with open arms. But we see this um, adoption happening more quickly as we can prove out the financial benefits. And we've been able to do that. There's a handful of projects where we've uh, been able to model or represent the gray infrastructure and its costs and compare that with green infrastructure mm -hmm. uh, solutions for that same project. And, and we're seeing up, upwards of 35% cost savings. And so at the end of the day, um, with a development, developer clients, that um, is a very compelling message. And so we oh, are yeah. finding adoption. Everybody wants to save a dollar for sure. Uh, can folks listening start one of these projects on their own? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, residential homeowners can put a rain garden um, in their yard should they have outdoor space. Um, you know, those who don't have their own home or outdoor space, it's a little trickier, but absolutely speaking up to a condo board, to, um, you know, the apartment property managers, um, these are all folks who are part of the AEC, the real estate industry. Um, and so even speaking to a property manager about your interest in participating in um, green infrastructure is, is important. How do you measure success with these projects? Like, how can you tell which, which ones are working and which aren't? Oh, good question. Um, I think that nature tells you very quickly. So while you might, you might not be very happy with the seagulls at Navy Pier, <laughs> the, the seagulls are pretty happy. Um, but, but in all honesty, we've, uh, you know, we've created native wildflower gardens in places that did not have that um, on the city block for for hundreds of you know for a hundred plus years prospectively with all the pavement and so when we've found um wild lupin which is um a native species that we don't see much around here growing on the mcdonald's headquarters rooftop and then the carner blue butterfly repopulating back into the west loop after we hadn't seen it in quite a long time that's really exciting we're knowing we're now knowing that pollinators um, and native species are finding their way back into our city. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important for health and wellness of people in addition to nature. Karen, what does the, uh, the growth of Molly's company, Omni Ecosystems, suggest to you? It suggests a couple of things. And uh, the first is just this idea that more and more people are investing in nature throughout our city. Now, that's really inspiring because when we think about this city in a garden that we have paved over, we now are creating those little pockets of green, both at the street, on a rooftop, and ideally throughout our neighborhood. So it really speaks to this health and strength that ideally is coming throughout all of our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. But it's also quite interesting about entrepreneurship uh, and Molly being a female entrepreneur who's been building this company in Chicago and now creating economic opportunity here and then across the country. Uh, so it seems like it's a healthy ecosystem and a healthy economy. And you're headquartered in Bronzeville, right, Molly? We are, yes. So uh, talk about how you incorporated your practices on your main building. Right, yeah. Oh, well, we've done a lot on our building. One is we have green roofs um, across all the structures that are completed to date. And um, when we bought the property 
three years ago. It had three trees on the two and a half acres. We're about 60% done with the redevelopment, and we now have over 70 trees oh, wow. on, the project, on the property. Yeah, our goal is to get 150. Um, this is really important. Again, I mentioned earlier tree equity. In the city of Chicago, there's, I think, about 23 or 25% tree canopy on average. In the Grand Boulevard neighborhood in Bronzeville, um, I think that the average is 15%. So when we think about that U.S. Forest Service study where 10% property value increase for a mature tree canopy, we can see how trees have a huge impact on community wealth, generational wealth, um, as well as just the natural impact as well. So for us, we're really, uh, really focusing on adding trees. Yeah. Well, what else is, is, is next for you and, and for Omni Ecosystems? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, we uh, celebrate a holiday every year that we invented called Photosynthesis Day. Okay. And we do that when we really anyone can celebrate it any, any day because we're all reliant on photosynthesis um, to be here. But we're going to celebrate Photosynthesis Day in a couple months and invite our neighbors and partners like Brownsville Classical School across the street and some of our other friends to just help us um, plant some more trees around the block. Nice. Um, so that's something that we always look forward to, in addition to getting these projects out across Chicago and the country. Molly Meyer is the founder and CEO of Omni Ecosystems, and Karen Weigert is director of the Loyola University Chicago Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility, and she's our own sustainability contributor. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much.